for the Daily Gator Daily Thought, the Friday edition, episode number 509. My friends, as we move deeper into September, when the middle of September now, just, uh, well, what is it, a week from my birthday? So, get those presents flowing, people. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I'll take cash. Not a problem. Uh, but let's get into some stories here, some stuff. And let's start off in the country of Spain, where they speak Spanish, if you didn't know. And apparently, Luis Rebilius has been given a Spanish restraining order over the World Cup kiss when Spain won the Women's World Cup. And he was very excited. All the players were excited, celebrating, fans going crazy. And he pecked one of the players on the lips. And, again, the left just, just can't accept that a man might do that. It might be inappropriate. Uh, but it's not the end of the world. It's not some crime. And it should be treated as, yeah, you really shouldn't have done that. And move on. Apparently some people who are better on the left. Uh, the left's pretty brutish. When I was a kid, the, the right was always called prudes. It was always the conservative who, was, who were painted as prudes. Today, the left's the prudes. And there's like a, a whole rule book of dating now. And it seems to change on a, on a minute-by-minute basis. Uh, there's been lesbians who have been accused of being bigoted because they won't date uh, bisexual men. Or they won't date trans people. It's it's gotten to the point <laughs> that no one is safe. It's, it's just a matter of time to you or your identity or your whatever. Your behavior is called out as evil and, and destitute of anything good. Uh, but uh, let's look at this story from the BBC. A judge has banned Spain's ex-football chief, Luis Robilius, from going within 200 meters of footballer Jenny Hermoso. Prosecutors asked for the restraining order as the National Court in Madrid considered a criminal complaint of sexual assault and coercion. Okay, look, if, if if I'm, I remember at a Christmas party uh, years ago, uh, there was a, a person I worked with, and I worked with her a long time, she closed or anything, uh, but there was a gathering of people from work, and her, it was at her house and her husband's house, and I remember um, at, uh, I guess, midnight, around midnight on Christmas Eve, uh, for some reason, she she decided to kiss me on the lips. Just a peck, nothing. And her husband was standing right there. And I was, like, uncomfortable because her husband was right there. And I would, like, jerk my head back a little bit. What are you doing? Uh, and it was just the way she was. She was a little tipsy. Sometimes she did, her husband said. Uh, it just meant she liked me. and I was glad I was there. I didn't need a restraining order. I didn't need criminal charges. I didn't need any of that garbage. It happened. Get over it. Move on. 
instead of making everything criminal. I think the left would make everything criminal that they don't like. And the real problem with that is, besides the obvious, the left is always upset, pissed off, offended, aggrieved, uh, bent some way, or going nuts, or taking offense at something. Anything. It could be a different thing every day of the damn week. It's really sad. Appearing in court for the first time, Mr. Obilius denied sexually assaulting Miss Hermoso by kissing her on the lips after Spain's World Cup win. He grabbed, he, they were embracing, he grabbed her by the, kind of by the face, didn't grab her, I wouldn't put it that way, but pecked her on the lips. Now, who in the hell would call that sexual assault? I'm sorry. Uh, sexual assault, to me, is a serious thing. And when you take serious things and you degrade them by lumping everything as that serious, you don't do any favors for anybody. Unless you should stop. Um, now, Mr. Hermoso's lawyer was adamant, or Miss Hermoso's lawyer was adamant it was a non-consensual kiss. Oh, I'm sure she'll survive. She's an elite level athlete. She's a member of the World Cup uh, winning team from Spain. I'm sure she'll get over. Uh, Mr. Robelius resigned his position as head of the Football Federation earlier this week and appeared in a closed court session on Friday to deny two criminal offenses. Again, this is when you start labeling things like this as criminal, no one wins. No one wins. And all it does is encourage vindictive, petty people. They don't like somebody. They don't like you. They're gonna they're gonna make something up about you, and and try to make a, a little thing into a, a mountain. Take the molehill, make a mountain out of it. Not good. Uh, let me see. Uh, investigating judge Francisco de Jorge was asked to bar him from approaching within uh, sixteen hundred feet, five hundred meters, of Jenny Hermoso, or from communicating with her. Uh, he later agreed to the order, but placed restrictions at 200 meters, which is 650 feet, adding that Mr. Robilius uh, should not contact the player during the investigation. Uh, a further request that he should appear before the judge every 15 days was, what is he going to go to the judge every 15 days for? Have you kissed anybody on the lips in these 15 days? I'll have the guard shoot you. It'll be in the knee, but I'll have him shoot you if you've kissed anybody. Again, can we grow up? Seriously, this is good for nobody, my friends. Uh, for nobody. Miss um, Hermosa was 33, uh, said she did not consent to the kiss. Prosecutors submitted her initial complaint of sexual assault and added one of coercion, uh, arguing that he had put pressure on the, Sp on the Spanish forward to come to his defense amid uproar in the days after the kiss. Again, why is this in wasting the time of anybody in a court of law? I, I mean, I'm serious. And I'm, I'm speaking as I just described. Uh, a, a buddy of mine from work who was a woman kissed me on the lips in front of her husband at a Christmas Eve party. Again, no one went to court. No one got fined. No one got jailed. No one got arrested. There wasn't a fight. There wasn't a, a mob scene. It happened. And I never consented to it. 
I was stunned by it. And I admit to saying, man, I wish you weren't married because she was cute. But the point is, we've lost our minds in this world. Not just in America, but in the world. And I gotta say, I'm looking at the, the player here, Miss Hermoso, and she's got a lot of tattoos. Uh, I wouldn't call her the prettiest woman I'd ever seen. Maybe she should be happy. Any guy kissed her. I don't know. Uh, if she's pushing this, uh, I, I really, I, I don't understand uh, why a woman would push it. Because it was obvious, spur of the moment, I don't think anything was really meant by it. Uh, now, under the so-called only yes is yes law, uh, a non-consensual kiss can be considered an offense of sexual assault. So Mr. Robilius could face a fine or even a jail sentence if the case goes to trial and he is found guilty. Uh, and we know from this article here, Spain's left-wing government reformed laws on consent in the past couple of years after a notorious gang rape case in 2016 that led five men to be cleared of rape. Now, I don't know the details of that case, but uh, there's a massive, it's a Grand Canyon size difference and distance between gang rape and a peck on the lips. Again, we need to learn how to define things, to take serious things more seriously than non-serious things. And we are losing our minds. And here you see another left-wing law. Another left-wing law that's going to possibly ruin someone's life. Uh, not a victory for mankind, my friend. And also, let me remind you, there are some truly, truly, true. I mean, we're talking about a kiss being possible. Sexual assault, which is horseshit. Uh, but let's talk about some really bad things that happened to a couple of women. From People Magazine, uh, six members of a group called Soldiers of Christ have been arrested. They are charged with killing a woman found beaten and malnourished in the trunk of a car. Well, I hope none of them pecked her on the lips first, because that would be the really bad thing. Uh, this poor woman... Uh, the body weight, when they found it in the trunk of a Mercedes, was around 70 pounds. Can you imagine the hell this woman went through? Again, it was discovered on Tuesday, police in Georgia said. I noticed the story because uh, this is right around Lawrenceville, Georgia, where my grandfather was born. And my grandmother came from, comes from the same area of uh, north of Atlanta. Uh, but six people from a group, a group called the Soldiers of Christ have been charged with the murder of a woman in Georgia. Police said the woman who appeared to have been beaten and malnourished for weeks was found dead in a trunk of a car on Tuesday night. The accused individuals referred to themselves as belonging to Soldiers of Christ, the Gwinnett County Police Department said in a statement Thursday. Authorities believe the victim, who has not been identified had moved from South Korea to the U.S. over the summer in order to join a religious group. Possibly it could be a cult. I'm just saying there's some things there that make me think this isn't a religious group. These are fanatical freaks. But I don't know. It's uh, unbelievable. 
and some people, the evil in some people. And so oftentimes through history, religion is used as the impetus for the evil. People seeking to do religious good. Uh, and compare this to the, and I'm not accusing anybody who's a climate cultist of murder, but consider the fanaticism of the gun control fanatics on the left, the climate fanatics on the left. They're cults. They think like cults. They have talking points. You can't argue with them. You can't talk with them. And yet there's some people on the right like that too. But primarily this is, this is a, a baby of the left where you just cannot communicate with them. They won't debate. They won't engage. They won't think. It's This is it. They're, they're like drones. They really are. Uh, they're like one of those old dolls, like a G.I. Joe doll. You would pull the string and it would say, have five or six sayings that would speak out back when I was a kid. It's, it's like that. Uh, the Degas are investigating. Uh, looks like a, maybe a strip mall or something. The body was found at. I can't tell. I see some storm lights. Um. Per the police's statements, the medical examiner's office believes malnourishment could be a contributing factor to her death. No exact cause has uh, been named yet. Eric Hyun, 26, of Swanee, Georgia. Uh, Goam Lee, or Gawam Lee, 26. Junu Lee, 26. Uh, Juhayam Lee, 22. And Hyjin Lee, 25, all from Lawrenceville, Georgia, were charged with felony murder false imprisonment, tampering with evidence, and concealing the death of another. Uh, and a 15-year-old, can't be named because they're a minor, was also charged. They also lived in Lawrenceville. Um, NBC News investigators say that uh, one of them had parked a car early Tuesday in a business in Gwinnett County that advertises services for Korean spas. Police said the business was not thought to be connected to the woman's death. Uh, this man then called family members. They picked him up, drove him to an Atlanta hospital to receive treatment for unrelated injuries. While well, in the hospital asked the relative to retrieve a personal item from the vehicle, which is when they discovered what to what appeared to be a body in the trunk. They then called nine one one. Again, there are some sick people, and you have to think maybe this is some type of cult. Uh, maybe not. Maybe this is just that one person. Um, you know, things will be sorted out, hopefully, by law enforcement. And whoever did this to this poor woman, hopefully they will find their way to the death penalty. Or at the very least, life in prison without the ever possibility of ever getting out. Here's another woman who uh, probably would prefer to have been pecked on the lips. And uh, this is from ABC7 in New York. Uh, this woman was a model. And she was shot in the head and killed over a parking dispute outside a Home Depot in Brooklyn. Uh, her boyfriend apparently was also shot. I believe he was shot in the knee. But a 26-year-old model and singer... Shot alongside her boyfriend near Home Depot in Brooklyn, has died of her injuries. Imani Sharpless uh, died from her injuries, police announced Tuesday after the incident that appeared to stem from a parking dispute. 
A person of interest has been identified in the shooting that has happened afternoon on Saturday at Willoughby Avenue and Sanford Street over a parking space. I mean, I've been pretty mad over some parking spaces before. I remember the Walmart uh, when I lived in Texas still. Hot day. I was tired and had to go into Walmart, which is never a fun experience on a Saturday, but I needed several things. And I started pulling in a parking space, and the one in front of it and mine were, were, were clear. Uh, another a woman comes in, and she's pulling in the one opposite me. So to be polite, I stopped like halfway in the parking spot and allowed her to pull up. And then after she got out, I was going to go ahead and pull up. I thought it was the nice thing to do. What does she do? Does she wave? Does she say, oh, thank you? No, no, no. She pulls into her parking, then crosses the line, comes into what is going to be my parking space, and her car is like in both spaces now. And I'm looking at her, and I kind of did my hands like, what are you doing? Didn't even acknowledge me, got out, go, went in the store, and I'm like, I was trying to be polite, and that's how you repay me. But I've never, ever thought of killing someone over a freaking parking space. Although I did get into an almost fight in a parking lot because my sister was driving her car. Uh, I was driving my truck. It was almost time to go to work for me. Uh, but we went to a furniture store near the house. Didn't find what she needed. Um, but after she got into her, uh, her car and started backing out, there was a guy coming in and there was some horn honking and... and uh, he was not watching what he was doing. Uh, so there was some horn honking. I kind of stopped and just looked and like, okay, make sure that he's okay. Uh, then I see this idiot get out of his car and start approaching my sister's car. And she did something she should never should have done. She should have just taken off uh, and found me. But he, uh, or she gets out of her car. And the next thing I see is I start to drive toward the little scene playing out I see the guy take a swing at her and knock her hat off her head so I stop the truck right there I mean right beside him and I jump out and I slam the door and I said hey and he looks at me and he was about he's probably my age about now but late 50s uh, skinny little guy uh, I was what 30 early 30s and he saw me and he ran and I'm like, what do you hit my sister for? And he's running. He ran in the Luby's cafeteria. So I go in the Luby's. I'm looking for him. And I, there's a line of people waiting to get their food and stuff. And there's a black lady there. And she kind of, she saw me looking. And she goes, she kind of pointed down. This guy, this ass, this cowardly little prick, had run in the Luby's and was hiding behind this black woman in the line. And so... I worked to where he could see me, and I said, hey, little man, you're going to have to come out sometime. I'll be there. You might as well get it over with and walk back out. And, of course, I didn't. As soon as my sister I saw she was cool, I both, we both left. Nothing good's going to come of it if I escalated from there. But that was a funny scene, watching him look out from behind this black woman and her pointing at him like, this idiot, this loser. Um... And he probably, you know, again, it wasn't going to be a, a good fight or anything. 
uh, was not going to be good for him. But <clears throat> there's some nuts out there over a parking space. It ain't worth it, people. I keep telling y'all it ain't worth it. Uh, now, in this case in New York, uh, they, they have determined, I guess, the police that the suspect and male victim were both vying for the same parking spot when a verbal dispute ensued, culminating with the, the guy who eventually killed this woman uh, snagging the spot. The victims then resorted to idling in front of the Home Depot with a male going in to shop and his girlfriend waiting in the car. The gunman came out first and waited for the other man to come out. Surveillance video recovered uh, by police showed him patiently waiting for a passerby to clear his line of fire until he had a clear shot. He then opened fire at the driver's side of the car, striking the female victim in the head and uh, wounding the driver. Uh, again, over a parking spot. And once it's over, if that was me today, if I'd had a parking space and I was, it's, I would probably just leave and come back later. I, I seek to not, uh, not get any gunplay involved. The last thing I ever want to do, I've had to draw a gun in anger once to save my, save my butt. I don't want to ever do that again. I'd never ever want to pull a gun in anger because you are one decision away from taking someone's life, maybe losing yours. I prefer to uh, stay away from that. But that's also why I'm such a strong proponent of the Second Amendment and self-defense because there are some real bastards out there. And sadly, this lady has lost her life. Uh, may she rest in peace and may the person who did this again, I know this is New York they'll probably give him a pat on the back um, as, as bad as their justice system is up there but uh, I'm sorry, this guy should go sit in a chair with electricity running through it if you know what I mean and I think that you do uh, let me see Here's a story from Front Page Magazine. Daniel Greenfield wrote this, and the headline caught my eye, so I had to, I just, I just had to read this. The headline is, Activist Breaks Elbows, Discovers Typing Things is a Form of Oppression. Well, I see if you have a broken elbow, it would be extremely painful, and depending how you broke it, I guess, but I can see that typing would be a pain, and... I understand. I, I feel badly for someone. But at the same time, that's not a form of oppression. You have an injury that causes something you regularly do to be painful or discomfortable or whatever it is, whatever level of pain she has. Uh, Amy Coe is the lady's name. And if you're thinking she looks like a college nerd with glasses, yes, she does. Amy Coe's bio reads that, uh, that she is a, listen closely, professor at the University of Washington I School. I is in the letter I, so I don't know if it's an internet school, online school, I don't know. Uh, there she studies humanity's individual and collective struggle to understand computing. Tell me that's not a made-up major. That's made up. Come on. 
next thing you're telling me somebody's studying uh, how to open a can of tuna without cutting yourself. It's a four-year course, probably. Uh, Band-Aid's not included. Uh, she believes in an, and this is where you know she's an absolute fruitcake, nutcase, whatever you want to say. Uh, she has some mental issues, let's say. She believes in an equitable, sustainable, and liberatory future in which everyone has the freedom and resources they need to thrive as themselves. But what if they identify as someone other than themselves? Ah, what, what about those people? I don't know. You have to ask these questions these days, folks. She views uncritical uses of computing as a threat to that future. What is an uncritical use of, of computing? Is that just surfing around the net? Looking for pictures of, I don't know, wolves? Because you like wolves? Is that uncritical? Again, these people are nuts. But she leaves, believes again in all this stuff and that... Uh, equitable in an equitable, sustainable, and liberatory, a liberatory future in which everyone has the freedom and resources they need to thrive as themselves, and sees uncritical uses of computing as a threat to that future. It's a real threat, she said. About beliefs, computing can be reimagined to help achieve it. Did I mention she's a fruitcake? So what do you do as a studied of humanity collective struggle to understand computing when your fearsome skills of combining Ukraine flag emojis with agender emojis for a dissertation on the unfairness of the universe in your profile is interfered with by an injury that most people will just deal with like functional adults? You gotta love Daniel Greenfield. The man is truly blessed. But as professional social, but as a professional social justice warrior, your job, he writes, is to be anything but, but a functional adult. So you think, how does my broken elbow make me more of a victim? And is there a book or a movie in this, or at least a nature or a nature article uh, from Nature Magazine? Once a fine publication, but now willing to publish whatever woke nonsense comes on the door, and so. Greenfield writes, I give you the horror and the humanity of Amy Coe, very temporary struggle with disability and her realization that having to type things is unfair. Uh, here it is from Amy Coe. How oh, my broken elbow made the ableism of computer programming personal from Amy Coe. Amy co-dependent on stupidity, apparently. I had many exciting plans for the end of my sabbatical year. Breaking my elbow wasn't among them. Suddenly, all of my work as a computing and information science professor... <laughs> She's a professor. Yeah, sure you are. Uh, professors actually teach people worthwhile things, bimbo, Okay. Uh, writing, and especially programming, had to be done with one hand or by voice. It was a pain. At the same time, it provided a strong reminder of why I do what I do. Studying our individual and collective struggle to understand computing and harness it for play, power, equity, and justice. And looking for pictures of wolves. And accelerated my desire to develop a fully, ex uh, I'm sorry, a truly accessible programming language. 
what you've done, young lady, is uh, you've 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 gotten on the high dive board and you've gone headfirst into the deep, deep deepness of the pit of eternal leftist stupidity and wackiness. That's all you've done. Um, let me see. She goes on though. Being unable to use my dominant hand, uh, isn't that racist or ableist or something to have a, a, a dominant hand? Shouldn't your hands be equal, young lady? Why don't you give equity to your hands? You, you can begin by slapping yourself with each hand once your elbow heals, of course. Maybe you'll slap some sense into yourself, but really, why are you being ableist against one of your hands and one of your elbows and one of your wrists and all fingers on that side and your shoulder? How dare you treat one side of your body different than the other, you horrible bigot. I'm just using her logic, folks. That's why I love debating people like this. My temporary disability meant that my work could no longer keep up with my thoughts. <laughs> A turtle sleeping could keep up with your thoughts, Miss Co. Even speech recognition software customized for coding and error prone and was error prone and slow. My inability to type two-handed keyboard shortcuts meant I had to reconfigure numerous settings and memorize dozens of new shortcuts. Oh Lord, what a victim! I mean, this woman is truly a victim. She's one of the biggest victims ever of her own. Greenfield writes, it's really sad when your article's premise was originally the premise of an episode of a ridiculous 90s sitcom, and that was still less ridiculous than complaining that you're now a victim because computer programming requires typing things. <laughs> My God! I had to write something the other day on a chalkboard, I had to use chalk! Racist! Sure, Beethoven lost his hearing and went on composing, but isn't it so much more admirable when a social justice twerp breaks an elbow and then immediately rushes to rack up more victimhood points uh, before it heals while explaining how it proves that everything that came before her is a form of oppression. Mr. Greenfield, you're the man. God bless you, sir. One of my favorite thinkers of all time. Uh, probably right after Walter Williams would be second. But it, it's tough to make any list because you have Thomas Sowell, uh, you have some others that, uh, man, great thinkers throughout history. Uh, there's another piece on nature.com. It is entitled, How My Broken Elbow Made the Ableism of Computer Programming Personal. Amy Coe's accident gave her an insight into the degree to which discipline caters mainly to non-disabled people re-inspiring her to invent more accessible programming languages. Well, if you invented something that helps disabled people, good. You should be proud of that. But if you have any type of disability, your life kind of sucks at times. I mean, you have to power through. You can't uh, blame ableism. Uh, you know, my knees are pretty much shot. My legs are not good. Um, so... You know, I don't have the comfort things like that. I used to love to walk. I look hiking every year. Miles, 10 mile hike in the Rockies, no problem. Now, if I had to walk 10 minutes, 
he'd get ugly. I'd be whining like a little baby. But anyway, if you want more of uh, Amy Co. stupidity, I can uh, give you that address again. www.nature.com And look for Amy Co. in the career column about her broken able or her broken elbow ableism computer programming oh my god what a victim she is okay she had a bad tooth and all she could eat was like jello and broth hello is that ableism or not I'm sure that'll be our next uh, next scholarly piece and now the story of the day the one I say for last and this is a uh, this is an interesting one, my friends. Try not to take too long on this. ESPN, they got in so much trouble, they had to pay off one of their former, really talented lady, uh, Sage Steele. She had to, they had to pay her off, uh, treat her like crap, treat people differently if they were conservatives than liberals. The whole network went very liberal for a while. They are very woke. They lost a ton of rating, a ton of uh, viewership, and no one liked their product anymore. So what does ESPN do? Do they say, wow, that was not a smart move. Uh, back the caddy up. We're going to go a different direction. That would be thinking. That would be making sense. But no, they still continue to hammer the woke card. Uh, ESPN is going to feature Professor Ibram X. Kendai in a new show about racism in sports. Now, this guy makes, I believe, 22000 bucks for one college appearance for about an hour. Where he plays a victim and tells black kids they're victims and America's evil, America's racist, America's bad. Blah, 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 blah. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Uh makes me want to vomit, quite frankly. But he gets paid all kind of money to play the victim, pretend he's a victim, and tell other people they should pretend and play victims, too. Now, this series is going to, quote, reveal how pervasive racism is in sports. Ah, uh, yes. Sports. Where basketball, football, hockey, baseball players... Uh, they all compete, tennis players, volleyball players, any sport you want to name. Uh, they all compete in a merit, merit, uh, meritocracy, basically. The best win the prizes, the best wins the tournament, the best win games, the best get paid, the best get drafted first. All sorts of ways that it, the NFL, NBA, NHL are all meritocracies. If you're the best at your position, you will start. If you're better than other people at, at your position, you will make more money than them. That's the way it works all through the coaching ranks, the assistant coaching ranks. That's the way it goes. It is a completely colorblind system where the only thing that gets you promoted is your merit, your ability, your skill, your talent, your drive. And that, of course, is racism somehow. A major TV streaming service's new original show featuring anti-racist writer and professor, uh, professor of victimology, I believe, Ibram Kendai, promises to expose racism in sports. Uh, it is called Skin in the Game with Dr. Ibram X. Kendai. 
debut on ESPN Plus on September 20th, according to a news release from the network. Of course, they're affiliated with Disney, ABC, and we know how they're going to. Uh, Disney's still getting their butt kicked in Florida. Uh, this series will delve into the challenges and racism in the sports world and reveal how pervasive racism is in sports. Kendai, who is a Boston, not his real name, by the way, a Boston University professor, and by the way, very privileged background he had uh, growing up, but he's a Boston University professor who has not published an academic paper in at least four, count them, four years argued in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, that if discrimination is creating equity, then it is anti-racist. And if discrimination is creating in inequity, then that, then it is racist. Again, weasel words. He's a guy who says a lot without actually saying anything. And he gets paid fat money to do it. Because basically a bunch of liberal white rich people feel guilty that they're white and rich of course they're not going to come pass out money to underprivileged people uh, but they'll feel guilty in the virtue signal they will pay these big bucks because they think it, it atones somehow for some sin, sins they've never committed because they're successful and they're white uh, let me see. In 2022, Netflix cut two of its planned shows based on Kendai's work, including a cartoon series that drew from his anti-racist baby book. Uh, ESPN started in its release, or stated in its release, that Kendai will offer analysis, athlete profiles, and robust roundtable discussion with athletes, academics, and journalists. I wonder how many conservatives they'll have on the show. I just wonder. I want to see him debate Bill Maher. Bill Maher's a good debater. Bill Maher's a liberal. But I think a lot of liberals, actual liberals, not to pretend liberals who are really leftists, but people like Bill Maher, I think they're just so fed up with the BS of the left, and they defend freedom of speech. And that's the most radical thing you can do now uh, used to it was liberals who, who stood up for the freedom of speech and now they're fighting against uh, destroying freedom of speech they're fighting against censorship it's amazing and the censorship is coming from other liberals people like Ibram here who's making money uh, let me see uh he will have each episode will dive deeply into the histories, statistics, and notable moments behind the racist norms we accept today. I don't think anybody accepts racism today. Oh, a few people, but nobody that counts for much. And the fact is that the left will find in our histories, our current event, whatever it is, the left is going to find racism, discrimination, blah, 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 because Here's a, here's a cheat code for you, gamers. Here's, here's a spoiler alert. They make it up. They spin everything. No matter what the history is, they will spin it as they want you to learn it. That's why they're so upset with Florida's new education standards. Because they took the woke 
out of the history curriculum and tossed it in the garbage where it belongs. The first season's episode will feature sports stars advancing social justice, also known as communism. Analyze the burden of being a black female athlete and explore racism in sports media. Again, they're going to beat the same dead horse that's been dead for pretty much a long time now. But they're going to dig that horse up again and continue to beat it. There's not much left of the horse. I guess they need a new dead horse. Uh, let me see. Kendai, who popularized the term anti-racism, is the author of a book stamped from the beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas in America. You know the problem with people like Kendai? You can talk about the bad things in American history. There's plenty to talk about. Uh, but they're never fair, and they never talk about the way that America has atoned for so many of its bad things it's done. They'll never talk about how privileged everybody who lives in America is over pretty much any country in the world. I'd say any country in the world, even today, uh, while we're in decline because of all the leftism that's poisoning America. And all the people like Igram X. Kendai who are poisoning, delivering that poison. Uh, but they never talk about the good things about America. America's bad. They don't believe in America. They believe in the old Soviet Union, Mao's China. Maybe they want to go into what Pol Pot did in Cambodia, North Korea. They're evil people. Leftists are evil. That's just the way it is, my friends. If you're a liberal, you're not evil. If you're a leftist, you're an evil communist. Uh, let me see. Uh, the book How to Be an Anti-Racist defined racism as referring to policies and ideas that create or permit any differences in outcomes of racial groups. Um, well, here's the problem. When you judge everybody by their skin color... If they have an outcome that is not as good as someone else of another racial group, the success or failure or level of, of success or failure for those two may have nothing to do with their skin color. It might have zero to do with your skin color. But if there's a different outcome, it must be racism. You see, the left assumes racism is everywhere and then finds proof, in air quotes, that it's actually racism, instead of just accepting that individuals have different results, and different outcomes result from everything from skill, to drive, to determination, to support, to uh, funding, sometimes to luck, personality, so many things involved in success and failure. Uh, a racist policy is any measure that produces or sustains racial inequity between racial groups, Ken Dye wrote. And an, an anti-racist policy is any measure that produces or sustains racial equity between racial groups. And again, equity doesn't mean the same as equality. And understand, when the left used to say equality all the time, equality to the left is everyone has the same. It's an impossibility. You can never do that. You have to stamp out every vestige of individualism to get equity. Because people by their nature don't accept that they can't do better. And they're going to try. Yes, some people fail. 
Some people succeed. Some people succeed or fail at different levels. But the left would take away the uh, individualism and they would place the state in charge of deciding what equality is, what equity is. And you know what? When that happens, famines, concentration camps, gulags, speech codes, very evil things happen when that happens. When the government is empowered to decide what equality is and then enforce it, it is hell on earth. It's everybody standing in food lines. It's everyone waiting for this, waiting for that, suffering. It's holding back progress. It's not good, it's bad. In fact, it's evil. And Mr. Kendai uh, is, frankly, I don't know if he's truly racist or just making money this way. Or if he's, he might be a true ideologue. He might really believe in leftism. But he's pushing for leftism, and it benefits him. That's why he pushes it. The guy talking about not being a racist, everyone being equal, having equity, and yet he doesn't mind the meritocracy people like him have created where being a professional victim can enrich you. In uh, April of last year, Ken Dye, he launched an anti-racist newsroom to produce a website called The Emancipator and reframe the national conversation on race. The College Fix reported at the time it is a joint project of Kendai and the Boston Globe and part of the Globe's opinion section. It should be part of their bullshit section. Kendai leads the Center for Anti-Racist Research for, at Boston University. Uh, he founded that group in June of 2020. Floor uh, reported Thursday that the center is laying off as many as 15 to 20 staff members a person familiar with the situation told the news outlet the money that has been used to employ the staff members will be redirected to provide funding for visiting scholars who are already employed. So these wonderful social justice warriors are firing 15 to 20 people, taking their ability to make a living away uh, so they can redistribute the money uh, to, you know, help buddies and pals. They're redirecting to provide funding for visiting scholars who probably don't need the help. Power to the people, right, leftists? Uh, a 2022 article published by consulting giant McKinsey and Company on diversity, equity, and inclusion distinguishes equality from equity. And that is Kendai's goal. While equality assumes that all people should be treated the same, equity takes into consideration a person's unique circumstances, adjusting treatment accordingly so that the end result is equal, according to McKinsey. It is an impossibility. It can't be done. Uh, above giving everyone the same opportunity to try, you get the government involved in making everyone equal or everyone... Uh, to say everyone has equity always will lead to disasters. And ESPN still wants to go woke, I guess. I guarantee you this show will get no ratings, zero ratings, and you'll never hear that it gets zero ratings because, frankly, America's over race. 
I wish to hell ESPN would get over racists and scumbags and con artists and carnival barkers like Ibram X. Kendai, again, not his real name. Search for it on Google or Bing. You'll find his real name and his background. Talk about Mr. Privileged. My friends, I'm done. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I will be back on Sunday. It's college football day tomorrow. That's what tomorrow is, college football day. It's a holiday every Saturday in the fall, my friends. Uh, God bless you all. Take care. Be good. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And yes, go Gators. Meet the walls tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk to you all Sunday. Be good. You can become a contributor to the Daily Gator blog and the Daily Gator Daily Talk podcast. When you're on Spotify listening to the podcast, just hit the little button that says support this podcast. There you go. God bless again, my friends. Y'all be good. Take care. Uh, Have a good weekend and peace out, you bunch of knucklehead freaks. Behave this weekend. And no kissing on the lips. You never know. You'll end up in court. My best advice, my friends. My best advice. Take care.